While preparing for this episode, I was shocked to find out that I knew almost all the lyrics to every song I listened to by New Kids on the Block. Almost as if I had blocked out the fact that I was a fairly big fan back in the late 80s. And so it brought up memories. So let me give you three memories here, Frank. Let's hear them. Okay. First, I remember being on a city bus back when I was in grade seven. Grade seven not being an easy year for Bill Hauser's life. Yeah. And you used your last name. Uh yeah. Well, it's it's time. I think you yeah. know this is this <laughs> this show is therapy for us. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm on the bus and I'm definitely realizing I don't fit in, I'm not cool, whatever the, the sort of feelings you get in grade seven where you know you're on the outside. I'm yeah. sitting next to a bunch of people. One of them is a super cool girl who doesn't care what anyone thinks about her. I'm like, okay, this is I've never met anyone quite like this. And across from her is a kid wearing a new kids on the block shirt. And yeah. he looks kind of cool. Like he looks like he'd fit in. Yeah. And she proceeded to just chip away at him, ask him why he was wearing the new kids on the block shirt, asked him what his problem was, asked, you know, just started demeaning him as a human being. Oh. Yeah. It was rough. awful. Yeah. And I sat there and didn't defend him because I'm just at that age, you're just trying to save yourself. Oh yeah. You're yeah, don't get noticed, fly under the radar. Yeah. I know all about that. Yeah. So that's story number one. Story number two is I remember being in grade seven at a some sort of assembly and they brought a a group from the high school who was gonna do a lip sync for us for a talent show. Yeah. And the lip sync was on New Kids on the Block. And I think they did Hanging Tough or Cover Girl. I think it was Cover Girl. Oh, okay. So they got up there and they did the song and they're all dressed up as the new kids on the block and they all had dance moves. Everyone kind of went crazy. They all thought it was funny because by this point, everyone hates the new kids or they want to hate the new kids. Yeah. I mean, I don't know this because I have no clue what's going on. <laughs> I, still, I still like the new kids, I think. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is the guy who's playing the lead man is wearing the sort of classic... Donnie Wahlberg look. He's got yeah. the leather jacket and a white shirt. And the white shirt in the video, do you remember what it said on the white shirt? I can't recall now. It said homeboy. Ah. Yeah. So what ends up happening is he takes off his jacket to reveal his shirt. A bit of a Donnie Wahlberg move. I don't know if you watched the concerts uh, clips over the last couple of years like I did, yeah. where he lifts his shirt up so everyone could see that he's has skin. <laughs> well, he does that a lot in Blue Bloods too, doesn't oh, he? Yeah, I th think so. Okay, good. <laughs> so this guy takes off his leather jacket, but instead of saying homeboy, it says homo. Oh. And so, yeah, so this is grade seven. So this is 1980. Well, what is this? 1989, 90? Yeah. And then everyone's laughing in the crowd. Yeah. Teachers are, I guess, okay with it because they knew this was going on. Yeah. And, you know, I don't, I don't even think I know what the word means, but everyone's just like, ah, laughing. And then I was thinking to myself just recently how cruel and vicious. Yeah, that's pretty it rough. Was. It was right? awful. I mean, I know it was a different world like 32 years yeah. ago and everything, but at the same time, it's like, ah, yeah, it's it was, not cool. It was, yeah, it was super bad. Mm -hmm. And then we have one more story. This one is my brother would wear this uh, fluorescent kind of cap. One of those, yeah. you snap down the, the front of it. Yeah. I don't know what you call those types of 
I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Okay. Like almost like a golf type hat, right? Yeah. Like with the snap on it. Exactly. With, yeah, 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 yeah. Every fluorescent color imaginable on it. So nice. 1989. And so he, what he would do when we we're out at like summer camp, not summer camp, when we were out at our summer cottage that we would go up to at this like Christian resort. Yep. He'd say to the uh, people, they'd say, uh, I don't, they'd ask him something about his hat. And he'd say, I love my hat. And I love new kids on the block, right? And they'd be like, ah, laughing. But he was proud enough to like sort of state it and hold his ground. Yeah. So I want to dedicate this episode to the Wolfman, my brother, yep. who held his ground. I want to dedicate it to those kids who were sitting in that school assembly who felt sort of ostracized and mm-hmm. made fun of because a bunch of high school kids thought it was cool to make fun of new kids on the block. Yep. And especially for that kid on the that bus. That kid on the bus. This yep. one's for you. That's that's fantastic, and I think this is a you know the big dedication for a very big episode of ours. This will be our fiftieth episode that we've released out onto the uh, interwebs for our podcast. So, um, yeah, I th- I think we're taking a big swing at things. You know, big dedications, big episode, yeah, yeah. lots of big things happening. And uh, you know, speaking of big things, it takes a big person to apologize a strong strong man as uh, rick astley yeah. would say yeah and so this strong strong man's gonna let go of his pride and he's going to apologize because during the kenny rogers dolly parton episode i have been accused of equating a fender Rhodes piano with a synthesizer mm-hmm. now that came from actually two guests who were on this podcast they immediately reached out to us yeah nathan and mike mm-hmm so I uh, appreciate it. And I refuse to re-listen to the episode because I would like to think that I didn't equate them. That instead, my truth is that I knew it was a piano. I might have said synthesizers, but somehow those words got jumbled up. But yeah. I'm willing to apologize if it makes you all feel better. I mean, as long as you're speaking your truth and experiencing your truth, I, th- I think we're fine with w- with what happened. Perfect. So... I apologize that you feel that I equated a Fender Rhodes <laughs> piano with a synthesizer. I'm sorry that I I'm sorry that you were offended by what yeah. I said. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. My big apology. I feel I feel like a big weight has been lifted off. Okay. Now that we're about you know 45 minutes into the episode, <laughs> we should probably introduce ourselves. Uh, this is uh, Bill and Frank's guilt-free pleasures. And in case you haven't picked up on the opening here, we are doing a song by Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are doing a song by New Kids on the Block, the number one selling act from around 1989 to 91. They mm-hmm. outsold Michael Jackson. They made more money. They were the ultimate thing back then. And so a big part of our podcast is taking songs that may have been maligned yeah. in the wider culture over the last 30 years. And we are celebrating them. And we're going to tell you it's okay to love this song. Yeah. Cover Girl by New Kids on the Block. Oh, 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 oh. She's like a 
I want to just, and I, I know that we're, you know, like I said, 45 minutes in at this point or however long we, we've been rambling on for. And I have my own complicated uh, history with New Kids on the Block as well, because I got one of their tapes for Christmas. I had asked for it. I said, I want New Kids on the Block. I want the, the latest album, which was, uh, which was Hanging Tough. I want that for Christmas. And I remember talking, uh, it was probably early December or mid-December, and I was talking with some friends or popular kids at school. And I mentioned just like, oh yeah, I asked for the new kids on the block tape for Christmas. And a couple of kids just like, why would you get, it's like, they're so lame. Why on earth would, would you, would you ask for that, uh, ask for that for Christmas? And, you know, there I'm kind of twisting in the wind, you know, awkward to begin with. And now I'm just awkward. And I love new kids on the block. So when I got the tape for Christmas, I was so disappointed because I really wanted the tape, but I didn't want to own it because the popular kids didn't like it. So I ended up taking it back to Sam, the record man and getting something else. What did you get instead? I can't remember what I got instead, but it it can't compare. I I can't, it, it can't compare. I was peer pressured into not liking new kids on the block when I really should have liked them. All right. Well, today I'm going to also dedicate this episode to you, Frank. It's about time I get an episode dedicated to myself, right? So while we talk about new kids, how it all begins, and it all comes down to Maurice Starr. Now, of course, Maurice Starr's name is Larry Johnson, but he goes by Maurice Starr. That is the uh, name he gave himself. Yeah. I like to think that's kind of a tribute to Phil Spector somehow, that he's giving himself these names, that Starr being the sort of operative name he creates, Stars. Yeah. So Maurice Starr discovered a little band called New Edition. Yes. A couple years earlier. And he ended up writing their big hit, Candy Girl. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I'm pretty sure our good friend Chris Newkirk sang the entire lyrics to at one point. Yeah, I think I've 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 experienced that. Yeah. So they they were it was a huge hit and they did great, but then New Edition didn't like that he was taking so much from them in mm-hmm. terms of money and whatever control he had. So they fired him, I think. Yeah. By the second album, so he decided he wanted to create another band. But he particularly wanted to create the white answer to New Edition. When he was interviewed about this, he talked about the big focus being selling merchandise. So a lot of what he's doing with this is that he figures they can not only sell records, but merchandise would be a big thing. Mm-hmm. And he was right. I mean, that, the huge money came with merchandise, and he took a huge cut of it. So he is described as a cross between Barry Gordy and P.T. Barnum, which is pretty accurate and he called himself the general and he actually dressed up like a general well that's that's like uh elvis's uh uh, manager the colonel yeah so there's uh you know there's some issues with him here and uh let me give you a quote that he gave that really upset a lot of the new kids on the block man talent is the last thing on the list you need I'd have to say that most white families have as much talent as the new kids on the block. (laughs) So his thing was, I can create whatever I want. I create the new kids, and this is what I can do. So he really did undercut them. But in another way, he wrote all their songs on Hanging Tough and the first album, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them on Step by Step as well. And so 
they have to give him credit for their success. He yeah. is behind it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. he is the self-proclaimed general. So there you go. There's Maurice Starr. General Starr, as we're going to refer to him for the, <laughs> exactly. for the rest of the episode. So New Kids on the Block come out with their first self-titled album. Doesn't do much of anything. No. And then Hanging Tough comes out, and it's a bit of a slow burn. But once the right stuff, the th- second single. Is that the second single? Yeah. First single is so. Please Don't Go Girl. Yeah. Also shocked that I knew all the lyrics, too. <laughs> so they got the first single, Please Don't Go Girl, does okay. And then The Right Stuff gets played yep. on much on MTV. And that makes a huge difference. You are correct. The Right Stuff was the second. Second single. Yeah. Okay. And then the after The Right Stuff, which reaches around number three, after that comes the slow song, I'll Be Loving You Forever. Yes. Nah. Ah, also, I knew all the words too. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is going to be a common theme. That goes to number one, which is huge. And then Hanging Tough comes out. The great thing about knowing all the words is the lyrics for all these songs aren't overly complicated. No, I realize I can know them because there's not a lot to them. Yeah. <laughs> and Hanging Tough comes to number one. Hanging Tough's a pretty good song. It's you know, not bad. It's not yeah. bad. It does what it needs to do. People are vicious. Just yeah. vicious. And then the fifth single is Cover Girl, which is yeah. my favorite song by mm-hmm. the new kids on the block. Yeah. Out of the five singles that, that were released, this is probably my favorite. Right? The right stuff, uh, second, and then, you know, then Hanging Tough, then uh, um, Please Don't Go Girl. And, yep. And uh, what was the other one? Um, I'll Be Loving You. I'll Be Loving You. Yes. Yeah. Probably, probably I think that's the order of, of the singles that I, that I like here. And I think when Cover Girl comes out, because of when it was released, it was in the top 40 when their Christmas song came out mm-hmm. and a song from their first album, which was a... Uh, cover the Delphonics song. Didn't I blow your mind this time? Yeah, that yeah, that was from yeah, that's right. So the Christmas song, which is this one's for the children. Didn't I blow your mind? And I think Cover Girl were all in the top forty at the same time. Yeah, so they probably were working against each other a little yeah. bit, right? So Cover Girl hits number two mm-hmm. and can't beat Rock Sets. Listen to your heart. Well, which is a fantastic yeah. song. So right? fair enough, and so. This song really does harken back to like a Jackson 5 feel, but with enough white rock and roll in it. Yeah. <laughs> fair to say? Even though I'd think more about Beat It, but there's this Van Halen feel going on yeah. where he definitely has Michael Jackson on his mind. Yeah. But from Jackson 5 to whatever went on in Thriller, this is in Maurice Starr's sort of imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we tried to find out who played on this song. And so, unfortunately, Frank returned his tape to Sam the Record Man, so we yeah. can't find that. And online, well, mostly because Sam the Record Man is now out of business, exactly. so I, I can't, we can't even, even go, get yeah, it. I can't just like, hey, remember back in 1990? It was even more awkward than I am now, and I returned this tape. Do you guys still have that? Yeah, like I'm, I'm assuming they have this giant returns bin. Yeah. So on Wikipedia, it doesn't have personnel. I tried to find the personnel on any other site, even on New Kids fan club sites read it couldn't find it so they did talk about maurice star actually playing a lot of stuff okay some of this is pre-recorded i think you brought in session musicians because there's some good stuff going on here well the bass right yeah i don't know if the bass is a synth bass or real bass yeah and i don't care yeah because it slaps well it's the uh um what was uh what was the the synth that we got wrong in dolly parton was a fender Rhodes bass yeah it was a fender Rhodes bass right fender Rhodes fender Rhodes uh synth bass right Exactly. Exactly. Prove me wrong, people. All right. 
I know we're all over the place. I took so many notes. Frank, who's your favorite new kid on the block before we go any further? Oh, geez. Um, oh, I mean, everyone's favorite, I think, was was uh, Jonathan, right? But uh, it was, I was That was my favorite. Was it? He didn't yeah. say anything, but I felt for the guy. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, I thought he was the heartthrob, wasn't he? Uh, was he? I don't Jonathan know. Jonathan and Jordan Knight were the, were the brothers, right? Oh, the brothers, yeah. Yeah. I think you're thinking about Danny. Dan, well, Danny was kind of the brooding muscle man to me. Yeah, he and well, and then uh, Joey was the the young sort of. Uh, he was the he was the Frank Sinatra Jr. The young blue eyed. Yeah, but he was also the guy that got in the most trouble, right? No, I was. I think Donnie got the most trouble. Donnie? He's the one who got arrested. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Apparently, I don't know the new kids on the block as well as I thought I did. I know them way too well. <laughs> Let me tell you some things about them. So right, let's, I'm ass- let's hear about the new kids on okay, the block. Okay, we're here. assuming the listeners know this, but I'm yeah. saying this mostly for my mom and dad listening. Now, listen, here are the new kids on the block. You have the original person in the band was Donnie Wahlberg. He okay. came in, Maurice Starr heard him rap, and he showed off this sort of freestyle rap, whatever he's doing, and Maurice Starr picked him based on that. Yeah. Do you think he was better or worse than Marky? Well, Marky Mark. was in apparently for a few months and he Oh, that's quit. right. I remember yeah. hearing that. Yeah. So I think Donnie's better than Marky Mark, although yep. Marky Mark's delivery is way more fun. Yeah. But I think Donnie's a little more real deal. I know that's a tough thing to say for our rap fans out there when I'm saying this, <laughs> but I, I'm in uh, in the group. When it, comes to, when it comes to street cred, I would say that Donnie Wahlberg, uh, like rap street cred, Donnie Wahlberg has the most. Yeah. street cred out there and, and in the new kids they're coming they are coming off the streets of boston to some degree right they're yeah. not like they're, they're not coming out of private school and so you have jordan knight comes in next so jordan knight is next he's a friend of donnie Wahlberg, and also danny is a friend of donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. so they bring them both in and jordan according to maurice star i went really deep on this maurice star says jordan's kind of shy but i like that he worked really hard and his falsetto was decent, so they could work on it. And he yeah. said he kept working hard to get better and better. So he he had the hustle. He had the hustle. And the Jordan Knight does have, he has the best song post New Kids on the Block. There's yeah. that song he did in the late 90s, which is incredible. Oh, yeah, that's right. What was that again? You're looking it up, aren't I you? I have to look it, yeah. And, and because I listened to it a lot recently, so it's called Give It To You. Okay. Really good. We're going to play some of it here, aren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It's good. I'm convinced you need it, baby. Okay, we've got Jordan, Danny, and we have Danny. Now, Danny, of course, we don't know a lot about Danny, but he yep. does sing on some of the tracks. He, and he's got a better voice than I gave him credit for after hearing Step by Step when he yep. said we could have lots of fun. Oh, yeah. Not his greatest vocal delivery. Step one, one, one. We can have lots of fun. But in this video, he is rocking a rat tail, mm-hmm. like an epic rat tail. Which is pretty fantastic. He choreographed these dance moves. Did he? Yeah. So okay. Uh, at least partially. I got to be careful. Uh, apologies to Blockheads who are like dying right now where I'm giving bad in- information. Blockheads are the fans, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They're, well, they're the diehard fans. Yeah. I think that's the new kids even refer to them that way. It's a tough name though, Blockhead, but yeah. okay. So now we have Jonathan Knight, who's two years older than Jordan. Mm-hmm. He wants in on the band. Yeah. 
and he gets an audition, and then they bring him in. Now, the weird thing with Jonathan is he never sings on any of those major songs. And if you go mm-hmm. through those albums, except for Step by Step, we can't get his voice in there. Yeah. He is super shy. Okay. Comes across that way in the videos, and he is that way in real life. I thought I thought he was the, maybe he was the shy one. I thought he was the heartthrob. Well, he could be because people loved him, but he is like the St. Francis of the band. Okay. And so Maurice says he was kind to people, he was kind to animals, he was kind to everybody. And he's, he brought him in. <laughs> like be- that you called him St. Francis. He's the St. Francis <laughs> of the band, right? It's like he loves all creation around him. Yeah. And so Jonathan was the one that when Maurice saw him, he's just like, we need him in the band because he balances everything. And he's kind and people will gravitate yeah. towards him. He was right. All right, trivia. We're we're going way out there. Well, what, we, we when, when, to, when, did, when did Joey McIntyre join? He was the last to join, and they went through tons of people. They knew they needed a young guy who could sing, mm-hmm. and they really wanted the look first. And then they were just when they met him. By they, I mean Maurice Starr. When he yeah. meets him, he said, "Please, please say this kid can sing," and gave him a Frank Sinatra song to sing. Yeah. He came back with it. He nailed it, and oh, he nice. knew they had something. And Joey is like. I mean, he's got the voice. Yeah. And the ladies love Joey. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. I think I've hit them all there. I know I'm way off. We haven't talked about CoverGirl. <laughs> A little bit of trivia for you. Are we going to actually talk about to the it. song? Oh, yeah, yeah. This will be the three-hour episode. Yeah. Well, it is the 50th episode. It is the so 50th episode. Let's, let's, so we go. let's enjoy ourselves Okay. Here. Jordan and Jonathan's Knight's mom comes from what Canadian town? The province is Ontario. That's a pretty big province. Want me to give you the region? Sure. Oh, wait. Actually, I don't know what region it is. So, sorry. It's in Ontario. It's in southern Ontario. Southern Ontario. Okay. Um, let's see. They come from... I'm going to give a shout out to my friends in Chatham, Ontario. Good try. Because the dad's from Meaford. And that's okay. in Ontario. Yeah. So, he was Episcopal priest in the Boston. So, I guess he was an Anglican priest here. Mm-hmm. Mom is from Dunville. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So there's a big Canadian connection. Yeah. They vacationed on the shores of Lake Erie. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. Okay. So should we talk about the song? (laughs) We might want to get to that at some point. I mean, we're an hour and 12 minutes in, so, you know. There are three versions of the song, I'm pretty sure. I didn't listen to one of them because I refused to, and I'll explain why. So there's the original on the LP. Yep. There's a 7-inch version mm-hmm. and a 12-inch version. Yeah. Now, I didn't... Which one didn't you listen to? I didn't listen to 12-inch versions. I don't like listening to 12-inch versions of almost anything. Okay. Because the 12-inch version is on a big LP, and they put it in there because it's usually a significantly longer than the original four-minute track. So yep. they need to put it on the big LP thing. There'll be lots of grooves and space anyways. Yeah. But that's usually like dance mixes and stuff. I don't like that stuff. Yeah. The 7-inch is a 45. I never knew that 45s were called 7 inches, but now I I know that. That's the single version, at least in my head, the proper single version. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure which one was actually released. I know the UK had the 7-inch version. The 7-inch version is so much better than the LP, and that's the one we're focusing on today. Yep. Also, I don't know what the difference is in the songs. Okay. Well, let me tell you the difference. (laughs) The big difference is they use the vocoder in the cover group. Uh, and, the, the, and that's yeah. fantastic. And it's just a little more punchy. 
Yeah. The little more it's sort of like they they cut the album and he's like Maurice is like I can do better. Yep. Okay. All right, let's now dive into the song. Let's Head first, eyes closed, just jump right in. This is what we're going to do. That's right. So we have that Van Halen-esque electric guitar opening. Well, what I, would you say? I, I say that it sounds like a, like a transition. It comes from like the score from uh, Lethal Weapon, like yeah. a transition scene, right? Like at the right. end of a, at the end of the scene, just to punch it up, add a little bit of drama. That uh, that searing guitar. Right. So you're going Eric Clapton. I'm going a bit more Van Halen. Yeah. Okay. Was Eric Clapton on Lethal Weapon? He's the Lethal Weapon soundtrack guy. Is he? Yeah. He did the score and everything. Yeah. So we have that killer opening. Yeah. Killer, killer opening, and then we get that first verse. So I think they do something neat with the first verse. All right. right? Tell us. So it's a, uh, I get up in the morning and I see your face, girl. Do, 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 You're looking so good. Everything's in place. Yes. Right? Yep. So face and place rhyme. Yeah. But they throw the girl in between. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which which I, I, I think I think is a... I mean, it's obviously a very conscious choice, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next two lines, they do the same. Don't you know I could never leave your side, girl? Won't you stay here with me and be my bride? Side bride rhymes, but they throw the girl in the middle. The cover girl. It's way deeper than we realized. Well, I don't know if we'd call it deep, but it's certainly playing with something. Or maybe it was just on accident, but, you know, whatever. I I think they did it on purpose. Or Maury Starr did it on purpose. Sorry, General Star. General Star, thank you. That opening line there where he starts by saying how he likes to see her face in the morning and he jumps straight to, will you marry me? That's a tough one there, you know, yeah. in, in a real relationship. Moving a bit fast. Moving fast. Yep. Slow down, Donnie. You move too fast. Yep. Gotta let the morning last. So now this gets to lyrics I didn't even know were there. I should know because they're not hard to figure out, but no. don't you know you're my kind? I didn't know he said kind, but it's a really strange way of putting it. Don't you know you're my kind? Like, yeah. okay, you're like your type. Also, you don't know what they're singing because they have those thick Boston accents. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're just what I like, girl. You're everything. Don't you know you're all right? <laughs> so, yeah. You're all right. You're a little bit of all right. Yeah, yeah. You know? The only girl I've always needed for so long. I gotta say, but we it's a pre-chorus, but not going to win a Pulitzer. This is not no. like um, Kendrick Lamar. This is not going to hit up those levels. Or Bob Dylan. So now we hit the key thing is the chorus. On oh, the chorus is just it's 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 a fun chorus. Right? It is, and I'm gonna throw something down here. This is their best oh oh ohs. Yeah, and then this 
is important because their three best songs, your three favorite songs, are all o o o songs. Yeah. So yeah. right stuff is o o o, and hanging top is o o o. But cover yeah. girl is o o. She's Post my cover girl. O o o. Can I make an argument here? O o. I think we both just sang better than Donnie Wahlberg did on it. <laughs> he, I think he struggled on the vocal. I won't say that Donnie Wahlberg is terrible, but I also won't say that what we did wasn't great. So can we put this out there? Maurice, if you're listening, we're open to getting our faces on lunch pails. Absolutely. jumping through the song we got to yep. go there listen as a sometimes english teacher i got some real big issues with, with the this, next verse the second verse yeah oh man so here it is when i look through the pages of a magazine still your pretty face is the prettiest i've seen we got some tense issues going on here so when i look through the pages of a magazine still your fa- pretty face is the prettiest i've seen maybe it's not tense but what is the matter with this sentence the 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 pretty and prettiest one well yeah when i look through the pictures of a magazine there's they're missing a chunk here mm-hmm. okay so you're looking through the pages still you're pretty okay so he's looking through the pages of the magazine just to look for women yeah he's not even reading the magazine yeah we're missing we're missing this yeah we need this in the video. It's, of course, it's not in the video. It would have been weird to have him scrolling through a video of women. Especially or, when the when the video is a, of a live concert. Just, you know, Donnie Wahlberg up there flipping through a magazine. Well, I think this is the weakest lyrically of a song that's not lyrically strong. This yep. one was the toughest. But in in the second verse, they do away with the the girl, uh, sort of mm-hmm. interjecting that in in the lyrics. Magazine and scene rhyme, but you know, so does you and do. Yes, <laughs> I guess. yes, that's true. But they but in the first verse, they had the girl as the uh, you know yeah. sort of breaking things yeah. up a bit. Yeah, and when he says you're my everything. He says it twice in the song. Yep. He's able to kind of hit it the first time, mm-hmm. and the second time, eh, not so swing much. and a miss. So I want to quote something from Donnie Wahlberg here. Mm-hmm. They got accused by one of their people who worked in the music scene part of it. I don't know if they they ran the music production or something. Mm-hmm. Accused him of lip syncing. Ah. And this is a big deal because Millie Vanilli and all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they Yeah, that flew. was around this time. Yeah. So they flew all the way down to um, Arsenio Hall Show, which was where you would go if you wanted to be heard back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah, And they did like a full performance. This is, I think this is around the time they did Games, that album, I think. Okay. So they come down there, they do it. Don- Donnie even spits uh, um, a rap. What do they call it? Uh, a a diss rap? Is that what they call it when they're... What do you a call diss it? A diss track. Diss track, kind of. Like, okay. Yep. Against the guy. Yep. 
And so then he says, let me just bring this up. He says, during the interview, he says, listen, we can't really sing. So this is the the accusation of them lip syncing doesn't Mm -hmm. work for Donnie. Because if you listen listen to her stuff, we're not great singers. Yes. (laughs) We work hard in other ways. Yeah. And so here, I'll play the clip right now. You know, that that's part of the reason why we're here. You know what I'm saying? We've we've never claimed to be great singers. You know what I'm saying? And our fans know that. And, and, you know, I don't think anybody has ever considered us to be great singers. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you've read any record review for the last three years, it says new kids can't sing. Uh, they sing lousy on the records. They, they're not good singers. They barely carry the tunes. So it, it makes it all the more ridiculous why everyone would all of a sudden believe that a, a really, really, really great singer who's been singing for over 20 years, Maurice Starr, could be the voice on those records. You know what I'm saying? We've never claimed to be great singers, but we carry our own weight and we do what we got to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so with Donnie saying that, it is interesting when you hear cover girls like, well, it's not interesting. It's just like he couldn't he couldn't nail that. You're my everything. Yeah. Part. And that's OK. Because yeah. there's enough goodwill going on. The band has a lot of hustle. Yeah. So I mean, you can't you can't fault them for that. Exactly. I couldn't say that better. What is your favorite part of the song? Oh, I think. Uh, I mean, other than the uh, O's. Yeah. It's it's definitely the the opening and the vocal order. Okay, and my favorite part is when he says bass. Oh yeah, I <laughs> yeah. forgot. About it. And he goes, it's the bridge, right? Yeah. Bass. It's all right. Oh yeah, it's out of sight. Let me say it's all right, and then he does the ah oh, yeah. Bass. So this to me feels a bit like a James Brown with some Bruce Springsteen going on here. That's what they're trying to go for, I think. And in that portion, when you go to the video, which is so awesome, this is the scene where they where they really get the dance going. Yeah. Um, But that is my favorite part. And I wrote down, I wrote a lot here. Fave exclamation part in video brackets. Great bass, electric guitar, vocal trade-off going on after the musical interlude where he says, don't you know, I only want to be with you, no other group. But what's going on there musically? Yeah. I'm digging it. And then, of course, it's the home stretch where there's a lot of oh, oh, oh's. Yeah. And, and in the video, what's great is when they say bass, the bass player comes out from the back and, and just throws down this uh, bass solo. Yeah. Which isn't overpowering. <laughs> No. But it's there. Yeah. He takes it for a walk. I was watching. I'm like, is he playing bass in the video? I couldn't tell. He's moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's pretty incredible because the the boys are able to dance and avoid his bass arm that swings over their heads. Yeah. At least in my head, it nearly hits one of them. Yeah, yeah. But they made it through. Yeah. Love that video. Yes. Jonathan, hey, man, you just keep dancing out there. Don't worry. Yeah. He gets anxiety on stage. Did you know this? No, I didn't. Big anxiety. That's why I feel like a kinship with him. Yeah. So I think I'd get anxiety if I was trying to do those dance moves. I think so too. Okay. All right. So uh, video, what's your favorite part of the video? 
we just went over this that dance part well the the when the bass player comes out in the middle yeah, yeah i think that's pretty fantastic yeah. and the choreography is, yeah. is pretty awesome too when they bring up the little girl well yeah and that's very um uh bruce springsteen exactly right yeah so uh exactly um what i liked about it it wasn't some actor like Courtney Cox in the Dancing in the Dark video. Yeah. They just brought up a little girl who was there. Yeah. And I found her online, Frank. Well, yeah. She, yeah. Uh, she's she's posted like 30 years later and yeah. everything. Um, something came up on, on social media about yeah. it. About it, And um, I think Donnie Wahlberg gave her a shout out and stuff like that. Too, brought right? her daughter up on stage oh, and her at the Arizona okay. concert. Oh, cool. No other girl. All right, let's do some categories. Okay. Okay, here we go. When would you play this at a wedding? Oh, this would be fifth song in. Totally. Everyone's getting up off the floor. Yep. It's been 30 years. That kid who got made fun of on the bus, you're getting out there. The girl who made fun of you, I hope you feel sorry. But I don't want to shame you because an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Yeah. Come join us. Be a blockhead. Yeah. And guilt-free pleasures is all about embracing and yeah. everyone uh, fits in and is yeah. accepted here. Yeah. The way we fight, we don't fight like Marvel superheroes. Yeah. We fight like Care Bears. Yeah. We stare and Care we just Bear hold stares. our chests out. Yeah. Yeah. Could Michael Bolton sing this song? Does he have four other people singing with him? What other four people would you put? Oh, jeez! What Michael Bolton boy band would? Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah, I mean, I'd have my Mount Rushmore. I think. Yeah. Well, I think I'd put Kenny G on as Jonathan. He doesn't have to sing at all. Yeah, he just, he just needs has to do his thing. He just has to play the the. Okay, so Michael Bolton, Kenny G. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would probably definitely put uh, James Ingram in. Yep. Um, you put Lionel in there, or is he in the Commodores? We don't want to mess with that. Yeah, I don't want to mess with. Okay, the Commodores. sorry, sorry, Lionel. Oh, my goodness. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Aaron Neville. Aaron Neville would join that band. And we need one more. Who's the Joey McIntyre? Josh Groban. The Josh. Joey oh, Mar- yeah. there yeah. we go. Yeah. So there you go. There's a oh, band. Oh, that would be fantastic. Okay. So if you guys are out there. Oh, no. James Ingram's passed away. That's Oh, that can never happen now. Who else could sing this? I have somebody. Okay. I think Donnie Wahlberg is channeling a singer. He doesn't nail it, and we yeah. know that, and he knows it. Mm-hmm. I think there's some Corey Hart going on here. Okay. So I think oh, Corey Hart Corey could do, yeah, could there's be a good bit in that of band Corey Hart too. in there. Yeah. Corey Hart would be good in that band. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, sorry, Josh, you're out. <laughs> Wait, do we get the five? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, James Ingram's not... Oh, okay. Well, then we can... Bring, okay, Corey, you're in. Corey, you're, I'm sorry, but... Oh, man, but back back in the 80s or early 90s or or whenever, yeah, James Ingram would have killed it in this band. What do you think of Drake covering this song? No, no. <laughs> Full vocoder. <laughs> <laughs> think of what they could do with a vocoder. Donnie doesn't have a vocoder. Although yeah. it's right there, they, he just has to sing. And he's he's a rapper. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So they, um, you know, <laughs> this is what they have to do. Also. And Drake's kind of a rapper, right? Yeah. I don't know what's going on with Drake. Yeah. It's a whole world I got. Well, Derek's supposed to teach us about this. Yeah. So come on back, Derek. Teach yeah. us. So um, Donnie Wahlberg, producer of the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch album. 
Right? So he's oh, behind Jesus. this. So I it's didn't, good. We're gonna I didn't come know back. he was producing. Yeah. Holy cow. So okay. for all the disses on Donnie Wahlberg, listen, Good Vibrations is incredible. They had another songwriter. I know it's tangential, but it's our 50th episode. Yeah. We can do what we want. Yeah. And we're going to be going back to the Funky Bunch at some point. Yeah. But seriously, Donnie Wahlberg, hey, give him respect, even though he shot Bruce Willis in the sixth sense. Yeah. What part is the one song you will sing out loud when you hear it in the car? Oh, the O-O-O's. Yeah, I got yeah. that down too. Okay, yeah. excellent. All right. Um, would Chris Newkirk like this? No. No. And, and the, for those listening for the first time, because you're like, oh, cool, 50 episodes in, Chris Newkirk is our very good friend who's also a songwriter and has very strong opinions yes. about music. <laughs> yeah. We, we, it's been a while since we've had him on. We should yeah. probably get, uh, get him involved again sometime yeah. soon. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. So, but I don't even need to ask. Now, there's no hip-hop covers. But there's a Bare Naked Ladies diss track. Is there? Called New Kid on the Block. Oh, yes. Yeah, the that's Gordon right, album. You know, I come back to it, I'm like, come on, Bare Naked Ladies. But it came out in 91, so it's around the time the new kids are out, and they're yeah. just kind of calling them out for not writing their own music yep. and for being people who are um, destructive to, you know, young girls. But the new kids on the block, from what I can gather, weren't. And even Donnie Wahlberg's, the charges that were against him when he they said that he vandalized his hotel room and tried to set it on fire. That's right, yeah. What he actually did is he pray, sprayed a fire extinguisher all over a room. There wasn't a fire. But he had to. Get, they ended up arresting him and all that over it. Yeah, these guys. It's. I. I went through their rider. One of the things on their rider was they had. They wanted was fire extinguishers. Yeah, it was. They needed. To, they wanted. They didn't say need. They should have said need in the rider. They wanted a room that should, could hold about a thousand people for parents of the kids who went to the concert so they could have coffee and donuts for free or at the most minimal cost possible. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah, they're not. You Sound know. like good people? Yeah, they're good people. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Okay, song universe. I want to do, in honor of our 50th episode, mm-hmm. what song that we've done over these 50 episodes would fit within the song universe of Cover Girl? Oh. Um, I think All for Love by Color Me Bad okay, fits was... perfectly. And perhaps, well, okay, that's, okay. That, that, that's your one. That's my one. My one would be uh, Shake You Down, Gregory Abbott. Okay, yeah. That would be from before the beginning of this song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be a whole other world. That's a bit no, more No, we haven't mature. done that song yet. A whole other world. <laughs> it's a great song, though. All My Life by Aaron Neville and Lynn Ronson. Oh, okay. Could fit yep. with, if Cover Girl, if they stayed together yep. for 30 more years. Yeah. Or, and I'm just looking at this, so uh, Charles and Eddie, Would I Lie to You? Yeah. I think that fits in, not necessarily content-wise, but I think that there's a similar sort of feel about it. Could fit texture. more into, yes, texture, very good. Could fit into Please Don't Go Girl as well. Yes, yeah. 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 So, okay. Uh, mixtape, I'm going to keep this quick on my end. Yeah, I had, I've done zero research on mixtape. <laughs> I have New Edition Candy Girl. Okay. Paul Abdul, Forever Your Girl. Oh, good call. And Millie Vanilli's Girl, You Know What's True. I had others, but I can't put them on. I can't put... All girl songs. E, uh, new Edition? 
Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Candy Girl. Right. I was like, they're not girls. Yeah. Yes. All girl songs because cover girl. Yeah. I don't feel we can use Bobby Brown, the Jets, Backstreet Boys, or take that because I think they'd overshadow it because, you know, I don't want to... I'm sorry, Blockheads, but I, I do feel the Jets are on a different level. Yeah. And Bobby Brown's every step I take. I don't... I, you wouldn't want to throw that in. Yeah. No, no. That'd yeah. be a tough one, right? Yeah. It, might, it would overshadow, I yeah. think. Did I give you any inspiration? No. Well, I, you, you, you gave me a little bit of a heads up um, on, on the one, and I thought about it. Uh, what band have you fanboyed over? Yes. And and I, I have I I have one for sure, yeah. and um and I have one boy one band that I fanboyed over, yeah, and one that given the chance I would completely fanboy over. Okay, good. I got two as well. Okay, okay. fantastic. In this era, so after New Kids on the Block, yeah, Bare Naked Ladies. I was like that Gordon album. Yeah, I was like I bought the Yellow Tape as well. Yeah, and I. He almost paid 70 bucks to see him in concert with Nate. Oh, really? Yeah. And I probably should have. Yeah. Back then, 70, sort of like I should have bought my Oma's house in Iron <laughs> Lake. That's another story. But it would have been great to see them at their peak. Yeah. And I loved the album Gordon. And it, yeah. since then, you know, well, we're going to be seeing Bare Naked Ladies next month, but it's not quite the same. But yeah. then I was huge into them. And uh, what's yours? So the one band that I completely fanboyed over was... Um, a little Canadian indie band called uh, Weeping Tile, which was Sarah Harmer's oh, yeah. band. Yeah. And I've seen them in concert and I fanboyed like to their faces. I was there right beside oh, Sarah yeah. Harmer. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I was there. There was. They're very kind. Yeah. There was no chill uh, in, in what I was doing. Yeah. Like it was just like, I'm, I'm just some, I was just some 19 year old kid at the time. And uh, I love your band. I love your music and blah, blah, blah. And I saw them a bunch more times and I kept like running into them at, at the clubs that I would see them at when I w- was living in Toronto. And uh, just like, yeah, I know the drummer from Weeping Towns. I, I think he just tolerated me a little bit because I, I, but you know, because I, I chatted with him once or twice. But just yeah, I'm 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 friends with Cam from uh from Weeping Tile and just no, you you weren't. Well, to be fair, when you went up to talk to them, they said hi, Frank. That's true. Yeah, yeah but you they, did say they, hi. My name is Frank. Yeah, exactly. So, I well, think they, I was wearing a big shirt that said hi. My name is Frank <laughs> to you. I, I'm not sure, but uh. the other band I would have fawned over, but it was like a band that I was like I tried to define myself as being a fan of. A little different than my. Total interest in the Bare Naked Ladies, but I was a huge Genesis fan. Yes. But the truth was, I was a big Phil Collins fan. Yeah. But then I wanted to be a little cooler. So if I said it was Genesis, at least it has some prog rock things. Yeah. But really, I was a Phil Collins. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. I was such a huge Phil Collins fan. Yeah. So now that I say it, I'm like, yeah, there was a Bare Naked Ladies, but a Phil Collins fan held strong for the last. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know how old, 40, 40 years. 40 years. Yeah. 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 And uh, I, I'm gonna let you guess what, given the potential. Toad the Red Sprocket. Okay, yeah. Oh, that that's a band that I have fanboyed over. Okay, but uh, maybe I misunderstood oh, what you're Jewel? asking. Jewel was it Jewel? No. Okay. Uh, but well, I fan fanboyed over her too. Yeah. No, I, I I thought you were like bands that you've had the opportunity to like physically fanboy oh. over because you I've met them. See, you're bet I I refuse like I couldn't. I tried talking to Bruce Coburn once and I froze. Yeah, yeah, it didn't go well. My, met, second time went better when I talked yeah. to him. You met Ron Sexsmith, right? Oh yeah, he's I really like Ron Sexsmith. Yeah, he still thinks you're in high school. He did. He thought <laughs> I was in high school. Yeah, I did. I was a big fan of like well, I still am, but those early albums are so good. But so yeah, 
But it helps when they live in the city and your dad taught them math. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm I'm going to let you... So someone who, if I met them, who I would completely lose my cool around. Well, I'm looking at a signed picture. Yeah. In the Winchester. Oh, yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, yeah. Yours is Carly Rae. Mine's Phil Collins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Carly Rae, when... Again, I'm assuming you're listening to our episodes. Maybe you're a little too shy to reach out to us, but like, please just reach out to us and me specifically. Okay. All right. I got one more category. Zero cool. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I have zero cool. All right. In honor of our 50th episode, I'm hitting up as many categories as I can yep. at our 75 minute mark here. Yeah. So, um, Hallmark movie. Yep. I got an idea. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be just like Notting Hill, but instead, Donnie Wahlberg is playing the Julie Roberts character. Notting Hill cover girl. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Donnie Wahlberg and he's like a big star. Yeah. But he falls in love with somebody. To him, she's his cover girl. Yes. But the whole idea is that she's like, well, wait, you're a movie star. You're this. I'm just this person. But Donnie Wahlberg's in love with her. And that is the Hallmark movie. Yeah. Wow. That was a lot of categories. Yeah. Well, that's good. I, I I think I think our listeners deserve lots of categories on on episode number fifty. We are so grateful that we were able to get fifty episodes in so far, and we're going strong. Yeah, we don't completely hate each other, which no. is pretty uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah, we want to thank everyone who's listened to this episode and given us a chance, and to all the people who supported us and given us encouragement, and. I also want to say a special shout out to somebody that we don't mention often in the show, but we I do put it in the show notes. Ian McGlynn wrote our theme music. Yes, yes, yes. We we we've mentioned him a couple of times, but I think it's it's very important because uh, we've gotten a lot of very good feedback Great and feedback. comments about the about the theme music, and yeah. and Ian did a fantastic job with what we open and close our shows with. Yeah. And I think that's a, a very big shout out to him yeah. for that. Someone asked why we don't get our own theme music, that we just keep playing someone else's music. Like, no, no, that's ours. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? Like this is, it sounds like something professional because it is professional, right? But uh, yeah, through the through the 50 episodes that we have uh, released out there and that includes the, the the couple of out of offices when when we were uh, indisposed or couldn't uh, couldn't put something out. We want to thank you and and just sort of say like when we look through the pages of a magazine, still your pretty faces are the prettiest that we've seen. Oh oh, she's my cover girl. <laughs> <laughs>